Welcome to Alaska Tracy's podcast, where you can hear business, marketing, and inspirational tips and tools. Thank you for joining in today. Welcome everyone to my podcast. It has been too long and I am thrilled to be back here with you. And I have a wonderful, wonderful guest today. We're also doing this on YouTube. So if you want to catch us and see our faces, you can catch me over on YouTube at Alaska Tracy. Welcome, Karenna Wilmont. Thank you for joining today. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. I love serendipitous meetings, and Karenna and I uh, met on social media, on Facebook, I believe through a women's group or page, or we were just trying to figure that out. Yeah. Social media works. So you reached out to me, I believe because of the vision mapping uh, system that I have going, and maybe if we could collaborate and we spent about a half an hour talking, Karenna's a financial consultant and realized that, uh, that you would be a great inspiration to the podcast, delivering your tips and tools, as well as some of your struggles, challenges, successes to get where you got, where you are today. So without further ado, can you share a little bit about what you do for your business? Sure. So currently I do CFO work and what that means, I cover the financial management part of a, of a business owner. So I work very closely with CEOs and I've designed a five phase process that I take them through. It's called financial foundation. And the first step is about for them expressing where do they want to go? What are their goals? What are their visions? A lot of what I love working with people who are, who are kind of deeper, they'll say, these are my values. And then when we get later on, when we get deeper into the spending and everything, we align, we, we kind of check to see, are we spending in alignment with our values? That to me is the most fulfilling part. So step one is all the values, the goals. Step two is designing the accounting system. So that's probably my biggest specialty because most of the time, or actually 100% of the time that I've been hired as a CFO, I redesign the chart of accounts, which is the skeleton of the accounting system. And I use numbers and I use departments. And the reason why I do that is because the CEO, most of the time they'll see 150 line items of all these numbers and the brain can't really take in that much information when it's disorganized. So if you use numbers, like automatically an accounting system will be alphabetized. So if you use numbers and use departments, your brain only has to process maybe eight to 10 numbers because each department has their total. So it helps with brain activity. I read a lot about neuroscience. That's step two. Step three is making sure the data is correct, sitting with the CEO, having them look at the P&L and the balance sheet, making sure that everything's accurate, they're comfortable, they're really taking in where they're at in the net income, in the revenue, in the gross profit, and then in their asset and liabilities. Once that's all clear, then, and that sometimes I work with a bookkeeper, I work with the accounting team, depending on how big the company is. So sometimes that takes a couple months to get all the numbers accurate. Sometimes they're behind, so then we're doing back, you know, historical data, and that takes a lot of time. So each situation is very unique. If it's a brand new company, then there is nothing to worry about in terms of cleaning up the past. Then 
after we look at the report, we make a budget, that's step four. And the budget's a tool to, it's a kind of a combination of the current state of the business along, along with where they wanna go. And so we, we change the numbers depending on the direction they wanna go. And then the fifth step is a saving system. It's also called Profit First. This is a system I've been using for 15 years, but this person came out and wrote this book and it's very aligned with how I do it. And the principle is basically every dollar that comes into the company, we save right away instead of spend right away. So we save right away for taxes, for cushion, for different goals. And sometimes that ends up meaning you're saving 40% of your revenue or 50 sometimes or you know 30. Um, and what that does, it's really powerful because it helps the CEO to realize that their revenue, sometimes they're not charging enough, you know, their revenue model needs to be adjusted, so I'll help them fix their revenue model so they can make sure they're saving enough for taxes, for a cushion, for future goals. So that whole process is financial foundation. And then after that, we meet every month. I meet with the bookkeeper to make sure things are going well there. Um, I follow a system called service leadership, which means that I'm, um, I'm not the dictator. You know, I'm really the facilitator to the bookkeeper, whoever's on the team, to, to do great work. How can I help you? And then they serve the accounting system to be clean and organized and accurate so that we can serve the CEO information that's accurate and, you know, so we can make strategic decisions and then we're serving the company. So it's a lot about getting your ego out of the way so you can really just serve the business and make an amazing business. So, um, and it also kind of incorporates putting people first versus money first. And to me, it's really important to really value people because when you value them, they feel heard and seen, which is the most important need that humans have. And then they want to show up. They're motivated. People are not that motivated by money. <laughs> They're much more motivated by like contributing and being part of something because we're social beings. So I love incorporating psychology, neuroscience into building a company and into building a strong financial system so I can work closely with the CEO. So that's what I do. And then every month we're looking at, I usually work with the accounting team, make sure it's accurate, and then work with the CEO to use the historical data to predict the future. So a lot of you know unique reporting saying profitability, where are we making more money? Um, so job costing, if there's a lot of job costing, you really need a P&L by location, a P&L by revenue source. So there's a lot of cool fun, you can get really fun into the data in order to have those aha moments. I mean, I took one company from seven to nine million simply, wow. yeah, simply by just looking at, um, I, I showed up and their accounting system said sales, seven million. It told us nothing, right? So we, we talked, I talked with the CEO, the COO, we, we, we decided about five different revenue line items. We looked at historical data, we got profitability by line item, and we found out that they were making a huge percentage of their revenue was a very low profit margin, which really hurt their cash flow, which as we know is the lifeblood of a company. So we moved to a different revenue source and that's where they you know, had more rep profitability so they could grow and went to nine million. So I, I always loved math, so that's how I got into this work. So let's, let's talk a little bit deeper about that, how you got into this work. Um, before we started the interview, I was sharing with Karenna the outline, and I said, I really like to hear and share with my audience the backstory. So most of us have gotten where we're at because of 
something in life that's fueled us into the area that that we're in yeah. so so what is a little bit of your backstory perhaps any struggles or challenges that you had to get you to be right where you're at today okay the juicy well, stuff <laughs> good question so i would say you know growing up as a girl I was very petite. So my mom put me in ballet. She had done ballet her whole life. And so I, she did put me in ballet at like three and I did ballet and modern and jazz all the way into college. I was a dance major in college, my first school experience. And, you know, it was, um, I was very naive. And so I moved to New York city and I was training at, I had trained at Elvin Ailey when I was in high school in the summer intensive program. And then in college, I went to train at, um, Paul Taylor. They're both very high level modern companies. And it was like, how do you pay for anything? Like, you know, and I, as a kid, I was a babysitter. So I saved a lot. I graduated high school with $12,000 because I had put money into CDs. And Gosh, who does that? That's amazing. Thank you. Well, the benefit, so here's the positive and the, and the dark side of my story. The, the, the happy side is that my mom you know, at maybe six years old, had me open a savings account. And then she, when I got a certain level of money, she said, why don't you ask the banker what compound interest is? I was like, maybe nine or something. I was like, okay. And I loved math. And she's like, and I was like, what? They give you free money? That's so cool. You know, I just didn't, I was amazed. And so I became, you know, I loved kids. So the babysitting felt very natural. And so I just kept babysitting for different families and had a lot of fun. And making great money so I kept saving and then when somebody got to a certain level I put it in CDs and could earn even extra money and so that's how I got to the 12,000 sort of the dark side of my story is that um, you know my mother she kind of pushed me into the not pushed me I mean she I loved to dance I was a really good dancer I was always like you know one of the best or whatever but our society just doesn't reward dance. It's just not a, it's not a, you, you don't have a long career. You don't make a lot of money. You're, it's, it's just a really tough uh, field. And a lot of the kids that I grew up around, like I remember running into actually a woman who I danced with in high school and her, her family had a lot of money and they sent her to NYU and, and she was just struggling. I mean, she had did a PhD at Berkeley where I was studying where I could finish my degree. And uh, anyway, it's just the dance world's a tough, it's not, it's not really, our, our society's not built for making money as, a, as an artist in general, right? I mean, some, some artists do, do well. But um, yeah, so, so I think the darker side for me is that, and, and even when I got into financial consulting, I started really feeling passionate about helping women educate themselves about money. So, because as a kid, I thought everybody did what I was doing. And then I, when I became an adult, people were like, oh my God, you did this and you should teach other women how to do it. So that's how it all, my company began. And um, my mom didn't really understand, you know, how to encourage me to be, go beyond dance or, you know, waitressing or something that's kind of low income. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of, that was a really difficult process for me. I mean, I had to really look inside and just, I had a love for math so that guided me. And I just, I just had to really believe in myself because nobody else externally was supporting me emotionally. So I, 
it was a very difficult, my twenties were very difficult. Um, but I found resources, therapists and different external, you know, people to help me sort of, you know, feel into what, what I felt was true. I, I knew I wanted a house and a beautiful life and, and I didn't know how the heck I was going to pay for it. So anyway, it kind of, uh, so the positive side of my mom is that she encouraged me to learn about math and accounting and saving, but she didn't actually encourage me to be a big earner, you know? And so that was a dark part of my journey. Um, you know, so yeah, I've had to find other women, finding women to inspire me has been super hard, but I have found them finally. It took me a while, but I just kept having to rely on the inner, my inner world of like my connection with the universe. I was like, this can't be it, you know, waitressing and like, it just couldn't be it. And I remember years later after I started my financial consulting business, helping a lot of women and this person ran into me, he's like, I always knew you were like, you know, meant for more than waitressing. Aww. <laughs> so anyway, but the real exciting part is that I've helped women make lot more money and not just making money. That's a really important, this is an important fact is that so many women, especially in social media, I'm not that active on it. But they'll say, oh, I made a million dollars. But most of the time they're spending a million too, so who cares? It's really about what you keep and what you save. So that's why my saving system is huge and really important. And first of all, and there's no ego, right? It's really about taking care of yourself, using money in a way that aligns with your values, what I spoke right. about earlier. So. You, and, you and my husband, my husband's a CPA, and um, yeah. you know, I'll, I get wrapped up and this guy launched and said, this is what it, and he said, you know what? And the other day he said, you know what? Without seeing anybody's profit and loss statement, which is P and L, yeah. uh, I think everybody's a liar. <laughs> that says stuff like that. He's like, I, you know, like, uh, okay. Yeah. You can say that, but really social. Yeah. You don't know. You do not know. And it's yeah it's easy to just say words and numbers and but without looking and and really knowing and i don't know about what kind of clients come to you but a lot of the women that i help create the vision mapping system um one the other day said i know i should know what a pnl is but i don't and i said you know what you are just starting out in business it's okay yeah it's a it's a sheet that's going to show you everything you're spending and everything, you know, everything coming in and everything going out. And yeah. um, I had a PL in my first business because I had a bookkeeper right from the get go. Yeah. And until I met my husband, <laughs> I would rush home. I'd been in business for years, a couple of years, and I'd rush home and I'd show him, I made an extra $5,000 this month. And he'd say, well, let me see your profit and loss statement. And I'd show him and he'd go, no, you didn't. You spent this much. <laughs> I'd say, you're just a party pooper. And then I really started paying attention to the, the line items Good. of what was going out and what was coming in. And, and I think a lot of I don't know what the percentages are. Maybe you're better with percentages, but I, I would I would say there's a high percent of business owners that have no clue. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. And, and I think part of the journey for me is to adopt more of like a therapeutic, compassionate, non-judgmental space, like a therapy, you know, a therapist will create a container. So I've learned about that because 
people are opening up to me about their money and that's not just about the money, but there are feelings about the money and why they, you know, and I love, I love helping people connect with that deeper part of themselves. Um, so they can align their spending and their revenue with their values. So yeah, I, I, I practice non-judgment and, and, uh, and compassion and it really, it feels so good to me, you know, and then I get to be more human instead of just all about the numbers. So how long have you been uh, in business and, and, and have you had coaches and mentors along the way to, to help guide you to get where yeah. you're at? I've been doing it 15 years and I've always had some kind of mentor. I've hired business coaches, I've hired therapists, I've hired personal coaches, like life coaches. Um, I've had mentors. I kind of do, I do, and, and it always ebbs and flows. Certain times I need different things, you know? Um, so I keep, I keep strong people around me, you know, people that I can lean on when I feel, especially tax accountants, those are very important. Um, yeah, and I, I still see a therapist because it's always good to have that. And yeah, just kind of, um, you know, life is not easy and there's a lot to juggle. So it's just fun to be vulnerable. Brene Brown's been a big influence on me on um, letting the ego go and practicing vulnerability and just being real. And then, and that's when you can like let the support in. So that feels good. Do you find working with clients, do you find a higher percentage succeed and even break through their goals um, more so the ones that work with accountability? So they have people lined up to keep them accountable. Um, is that a higher percentage, those that do that? compared to those that do not, that are just after the money, that are after the, the goals. No, absolutely. I think that we're social beings, right? So we really need each other. And especially being a business owner, there's so much to manage. So you really need somebody to support you, you know, like myself with the money, other people with the, with the maybe the, like the visioning, like what you do, or uh, what else do they need support with? I mean, of course, they need bookkeepers. They need, I mean, everyone's different. So we kind of have to ask ourselves, like, where are we kind of, where are we not reaching our goals? And then who can we implement and support, you know, build our team around us that kind of helps us get where we want to go? So, yeah, I would say definitely. And the ones that listen, you know, they hire the people and they actually do the work is, is, are the ones that reach the goals. Yeah. Right, right. So what is your ideal client? Well, it used to be a lot of women. I loved working with women. It was so much fun. And, um, but lately, it's, I've been really shifting. I moved from Los Angeles to San Francisco, and I'm really looking for a larger organization to be this full CFO there. Um, so, you know, mission-based uh, company, for-profit, the CEO, I mean, it could be a non-for-profit, I guess, too, but just somebody who's really mission-based and really wants to, uh, like, be abundant while aligning their money with their values. I mean, that's what excites me. And so size-wise, probably, you know, $2 million to $50 million, I'd say. 
all private companies. So that's what I'm looking for. So how long did it take you to answer that question to be that specific? Cause you were very, that's, I mean, the range, the million dollar range is pretty big, but you're pretty specific. You, you pretty much know how long did it take you to, to narrow that down and not be like, Oh, I can help all. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just comes down to being, I do a lot of time management and self, you know, I do a lot of self-reflection work and I'm just very, like before I had tons of clients and I'd go to their homes, it was very intimate, I'd have lunch with them and, you know, meet their kids, it was, it was a very intimate experience. I mean, I even had keys to their homes and open the mail and pay all the bills, like I was very deep into their life. Um, that was like in the very beginning. And uh, I loved it. But then eventually, you know, intellectually, I wanted something new, you know, so we are, we're always growing. And so I, I think just by, it's kind of a, big, a mixture of trial and error and then reflecting like, what do I really want? And back then I didn't have a, a fiance like I do now and a lot of close girlfriends and um, my personal life was very small and my professional life was just so exciting that like, I didn't even mind. Like my clients were in a way my friends. Um, but as I got older, I realized, like, oh, I want to have kids. I got to like put more attention towards marriage and, and kids. And so that's what I've been doing the last few years. And um, so I just got engaged. We're Congratulations. Working on, working on, you know, the kid thing soon and the wedding. And, um, and I have some really great girlfriends and I, and I do a lot of skiing and, you know, sort of personal exercise type hobbies. So work is still a big part of my life, but not as big. And so that's why it makes more sense to have less clients, but bigger organizations than, than a bunch of smaller ones. So. Wonderful. So that would look like you would go into their office and work with them. It depends. Like right now I have a new company. It's almost a million in revenue and they wanted everyone to work remote. <laughs> so um, but it's a little small, but it's still, it's a fun, it's a fun company and good to start out in San Francisco and, um, you know, but yeah, 1 million even still feels a little small because I, I really want to like grow with like, you take a company from 2 million to 30 million and, and, and I, yeah, I'm excited to like do all that work. So. Oh, good. Good. So how would you define success? I would define success by happiness. I mean, when you're happy, everything feels so good. So I've also done a lot of research on neuroscience and happiness, and that kind of is my big umbrella, what motivates everything I do. Um, yeah, it's amazing how when you read about neuroscience, like if you do something that you love, like me before, I used to love bookkeeping, and then eventually if you do too much of it, you start to not like it as much. So you gotta keep it in the right ratio compared to other activities so you continue to love it um it's same if you hang out with somebody too long right you start to, they start to annoy you so it's the same kind of thing yeah so success oh, yeah. to me is balance and happiness balance so that sounds almost like that would be your mantra yeah exactly i meditate every day too that helps me a lot right on <laughs> it, yeah. it helps so much right like that's it does that's it right there meditate and then the rest of the day is gravy <laughs> exactly you know i think it comes down at the end of the day it's really about serving god or the universe you know because in humanity in terms of business it's really about serving humanity so 
I think the more I read about, or, you know, this is all knowledge I got a long time ago, but it was, it was like, oh, humans are really built to serve each other. And so when you're kind of selfless, it just feels so good and freeing as long as it's in balance with self-care. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. Wonderful words of wisdom. How can people find you uh, to have a consultation with you? See if they're the right fit for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. My website is W I L L M O N T financial.com. And you can sign up for a free call. There's a link there and yeah, I would love to get to know your business and you and see how I can be of service. Wonderful. And I'll drop all your links, Karenna, in the show notes for this podcast, uh, as well as the YouTube notes. Uh, so thank you so much for joining today. And um, I really appreciate you sharing your words of wisdom and tools and tips and for those of you listening, thank you so much for joining this podcast and YouTube episode is brought to you by Visions to Profits, a women's success membership community. And you can drop into alaskatracy.com to enroll to join a group of women that are looking to achieve goals uh, through accountability. I would love to talk to you about that if you have further questions. Thanks so much for joining in today. Until the next episode, have a great day.